All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Dick Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. I think I said that word right. Um, It's always debatable. Uh, Man, what a start to the new league year. It has been absolutely bonkers around the NFL. Uh, My gosh, I mean, they got TV deals announced today. Uh, but all kinds of player movement and everything else going on across the league. And, and obviously, if you've tuned into this program, then you are here to get our thoughts, opinions, uh, and knowledge on what the Steelers have done. Um, and obviously, to this point, we've we've seen far more go than stay, but that's kind of what happens when you're in the situation that the Steelers are. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to uh, uh, banter on much longer. There's There's too much stuff to get into, so... Uh, Ben and Ian are joining me this evening and, uh, gentlemen, uh, I am drinking a, uh, a bottle of, uh, it's called, it's a brown sugar bourbon from the state of Washington. Uh, it's very, very different, very different. I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, and Ben, you are enjoying the, uh, red breast. Is that what it is? Yep. 12 year old Irish whiskey. Little Irish whiskey and uh, uh, Ian, you are you are having a uh, brewski tonight, right? I am. I'm having a Conway's Irish Ale from Great Lakes Brewing, and it is delicious. Oh, okay. On that note, I will open a Guinness. Oh, well, Mr. I Guinness had one of those last me. night, and it was also delicious. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I obviously, guys, I wanted to start out with you know players that have signed elsewhere and players that have stayed, but. There, there was so much talk about Juju today that I, I, I want to start there. Um, and, you know, I think we've done a really, really good job so far um, kind of calling out a lot of stuff in terms of salary cap, uh, which guys would go, how much they'd go for. And I, I will admit um, I am very surprised by what has occurred with Juju. Um, I, if you would have told me a month ago that, that we'd be this far into free agency and we're not that far, but this far and he wouldn't be signed, I would have said BS. Um, so Ben, what is, what is happening with Juju? Why, why is he not signed? What, what's going on here? I I don't know. I I mean, I'm, I'm just speculating Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make any sense to me. I do not think of Juju as a number one receiver, just so we're clear. I know I love the guy. Yep. I, I love his effort. Um, I, I love a lot of the things he does. Some of the things he does, I find a little childish and unnecessary. We've talked about that before. I'm not going to rehash it, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, there've been a lot of guys that had serious character concerns in the NFL that were highly sought after in previous years. Mm -hmm. And TikTok is not something that teams should be worried about. So, my instinct is that Juju Juju's agent has held out for too much money and overvalued his market, and that you know he's coming into a soft market. Um, Chris Nicolau made a point today on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, um, that he thinks that uh, basically these guys there's a soft wide receiver market. Yep. Because guys are competing with a very good wide receiver class that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. those wide receivers that can be drafted are going to be dirt cheap. And then you're going to a team and you're saying, yeah, I want $17 million. Well, yeah, why should I do that when I can get a guy and develop him 
mm-hmm. and pay one seventeenth of that. Something the Steelers do quite well. It's something the Steelers do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of teams don't, you know, so they, they pay the big bucks, but you know, Juju today, the Jets signed another uh, wide receiver, I believe. Uh, from Cole. Yeah. Jacksonville. Keenan Cole. And then uh, the Dolphins signed, um, oh, Ian, who Fuller. was it? Will Fuller. Will, Will Fuller. Fuller. Small so, hands. Fast, but small hands. Fast, yep. but small hands. Exactly. Little one route guy. Kind of a one trick pony. Yep. Um, those two spots were the kind of the last spots he could go in the first tier of wide receivers. So now he's kind of, you know, the music's stopping and, and he doesn't and- have a chair. Didn't uh, Kenny Galladay? Did he uh, agree to he's go to the not Giants? Signed yet? I don't. He's not. He's signed. not. Okay, I thought he's, I saw something that he was going to go to New York, but I was. He's visiting the Giants, but he's okay. not signed there yet. Right. Which actually, I think, is one of the reasons why Juju hasn't signed yet because Galladay can do most of the things Juju can do and do them better. Um, mm-hmm. He's a he's a better deep threat. He's more of a number one receiver, yeah. and you know, arguably when the the top receiver on the market hasn't been signed yet it's kind of harder for the guy who's you know number two number three number four wherever you want to put juju on this wide receiver market to get signed until that top guy goes um so that is one thing that the guys who have been signed so far have been signed to pretty small deals um relatively speaking for wide receiver contracts although um you know keenan cole's not that great and he got five and a half million a year so Mm -hmm. um you know, it's it's interesting that and one of the things to keep in mind, too, is that there's because of the cap going down, there's less teams that have a lot of money right now to throw True. around. You know, yep. so the, the you know, if you think about your your supply and demand curves of economics, that the demand might be there, but the supply of cash isn't there. So, right. um, you know, you either have to take a deal that's structured in such a way that there's more money in outlying years, which probably isn't guaranteed money. Um, or you get a deal like Mike Hilton got from Cincinnati, which was a terrible contract actually, that looks like a four year deal on paper, but is actually mm-hmm. probably just a one year deal that they can get out of after, after one year for minimal cap, you know, mm-hmm. considerations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, at that point, where Juju is now, he kind of has to ask himself, like, is it worth taking a one-year deal? And the NFL just signed a, you know, $110 billion uh, TV contract. Yep. You know, is it, is it worth kind of, you know, playing this year for whatever and then going out next year again on the free agent market when there's going to be a lot more money available out there for a lot more teams to spend because really where we entered this season with the cap going down about half the league was either right at the cap or over the cap and basically didn't have any money to spend well real real quick i've got to i've got to say something here yes the cap is going to go up next year it's not going to go up as dramatically as people are expecting after they read mm-hmm. that the TV deal is going to generate $10 billion a year for the league. Yes, it will. It's great. and It's fantastic. But the league lost $120 million per team last year in revenue. Oh, and man. the cap is figured based upon revenue. And they're going to spread that hit out over the course of four years. So whatever the cap would have been next mm-hmm. year with that $10 billion, you can shave off about $30 million. So it's going to go up, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's not going to go up 
as dramatically as people think. And I don't and, believe. I mean, right. it, it may go up twelve or fifteen or or eighteen million. I mean, that'd be great. If it went up to two hundred million next year, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that's about what I'm thinking. Two hundred. But I don't think it's going to go higher than last year. But yeah. Well, it, so so let me throw this in here too. And and Ben, you were kind of talking the financials. Um, I, I see a lot of people suggesting, well, maybe Juju will come back to the Steelers now on a one year deal. Explain why that's explain why that's that's hard to do though a one year deal when you're already cash strapped right yeah because you can't spread basically the the thing a multi year deal allows teams to do yep. is make the first year of that contract very cap kit on the first year of the contract very small so it's it's very easy to take that hit then mm-hmm. the Steelers would have to do. If they were to do a short-term deal with him, it'd have to be at least two years. Right. And, you know, doing a one-year deal with him would have to be at or close to the minimum in order to fit under the cap because whatever that one-year deal is, the whole thing would count against the cap this year where a multi-year deal allows them to have a, a small sliver of that mm-hmm. cap, of that total cap hit, the total contract cost count as a cap hit this year and then defer it into later seasons which they get criticized for a lot but it, it's all accounting guys and, and that's something yeah. that all teams do and they will continue to do uh this is just the way of the things in that in the nfl now it's it's on teams to manage their cap it's on players to try and make as much money as they possibly can and you know both sides do their jobs and do it well so, so Ian, uh, you know, put yourself in, in Kevin Colbert's position, uh, you know, a month ago, you probably were thinking, uh, okay, Juju, uh, thanks for your time here. It's been great. Uh, so long now, all of a sudden there's the door becomes a little cracked open and, and maybe there's a possibility he comes back. I mean, I, what do you do? Because you've probably already started budgeting in different areas. So do, do you seriously consider bringing him back or do you just let the ship sail? Ian, yes. How how old is Juju in two years? Two in years. in two in years? In two years, he's twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, he's he's incredibly young. He's yeah. twenty four. Which I mean, Juju last year was younger than some of the receivers that were coming out in the draft. Mm-hmm. So and <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I here's what I'll say if. If you can get the financials to work, mm-hmm. they should definitely bring Juju back. And but it is dependent on the financials. Yeah, Juju absolutely. was our most reliable receiver last year. Yes, I know we had him running a lot of short routes, a lot of crossing routes, he didn't break a lot of big plays, he didn't have a hundred yard game until the playoffs. But I mean, look at the offense we were running. Mm-hmm. We were running mm-hmm. uh, like Alex Smith check down offense where we were throwing <laughs> two yard passes on third and nine. Like it was frustrating and ridiculous. And you know, the the deep shots were going to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. They weren't going to Juju like they had in years past. Um, that being said, Juju was, as I said, our most reliable receiver, um, on a team that had some drop issues, but also he was a guy who kind of developed into that Heinz Ward mentality of always knowing where the first down sticks were and doing everything he could 
to you know get to that line i mean mm-hmm. juju we talked about it last year did so many little things during games i mean jumping on that fumble in a pile of six giants in the opener Huge um, you know, throwing yep. throwing some blocks for running backs and receivers down the field um uh, you know just grinding out first downs on third downs um to keep drives alive that you know those those kind of plays don't necessarily show up in the score sheet you know it's going to it's going to show up as a recovered fumble Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um or it's going to you know a a downfield block isn't really going to show up but i mean the kid was in a contract year i mean he could have just you know laid it up on those plays and taken it easy and tried to preserve his body and you know be healthy through the year but i mean he he went out there and and gave it everything he had to try and help this team be successful and i really respect him for that um you know his his effort on the field was not to be questioned and um his his hands were reliable and the other thing i'll say that always sticks with me about juju is he made two of the biggest i'll say what if plays in steelers history in recent maybe not steelers history recent yeah Yeah, i know what you mean you know what i mean Mm -hmm. okay the first one was in Oakland when we lost to a terrible Raiders team we got the ball back with like 20 seconds left and mm-hmm. Ben hit Juju down the sidelines and he got it all the way down to field goal range yeah. for uh for us to try a field goal and Boswell was terrible that year and he slipped and fell on the terrible turf in Oakland yeah. and uh missed the field goal and but like if he makes that and we go to overtime and we win that game, we're talking about Juju as a hero that saved that game. The Jesse James play doesn't happen if Juju doesn't take a pass seventy five yards two plays before that mm-hmm. uh, to even get us in that position against New England. So you know, Juju has always given it his all, and he's always been a guy that's been able to step up and make plays for us. Um, unfortunately, those two games we didn't finish either of those games. No. But I often wonder if we'd remember Juju differently if Boswell had made that field goal and if the Jesse James catch had actually been called a catch. Well, you, you know, it's funny because I remember, you know, a lot of his uh, detractors, you know, making comments about, well, if he could have just gotten the ball in the end zone, it would have never been an issue in those games. Uh, I mean, it just that kind of stuff just irritates me. And, and I saw so much just ugliness towards him today. And, you know, I understand people struggle with um, age and, and times changing and stuff, but but people treat this kid like he's been convicted of crimes, like he's being accused of awful, awful, awful things. He does TikToks, for God's sakes. You know, I, I mean, I, I just don't understand the hatred, but I, I don't want to get too far off into that. Um, no, I, I, go ahead. I do want to make yeah. one one quick point about this. Yeah. Um, and it's a social point, so I'll make it brief. But basically, sure. if you the the point that Mark just made that that people are talking about him as though he's been convicted of a crime, and I've seen people on Twitter refer to him as a thug. Oh yeah. Yep. You know that's just code for another fucking racial trope. Absolutely. And absolutely it is. And when you see people accuse other people of being racist because of the way they treat him. That's why it's because mm-hmm. people are making a big deal out of stupid shit. He's doing cause he's a kid. Yeah. And I get it sometimes that, you know, 
racism, sometimes racist claims are are nonsensical. They're just they're mm-hmm. the, the convenient thing to to reach for. But in this instance, there may be some truth to it because yep. what he's done is basically pretty harmless. I mean, like like I told I said before on the show, I think mm-hmm. dancing on logos is childish and unnecessary. Agree. And I'm glad he stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just I think that people need to take a step back and try and look at this from an overview and say, okay, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of heat being hurled at this guy. Is it all about mm-hmm. winning and losing? I mean, the guy fumbled twice. My God, how much right. how much heat is he taking for that? That's how many times true. have other guys fumbled? How many, times how, how many drops did Deontay, did Deontay Johnson yeah. have this season? Is yep. he getting any heat for that? No. And no. It, you know, it, there is a there's a, a shock jock in the Pittsburgh area who seems to target certain players mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for abuse, bad mouthing, whatever you want to put it, and he's accused of it frequently too. And you have to wonder how much of of that is true. And and I'm I'm going to stop there because I don't want to get too far into this. But yeah, you know, basically what I want you to do is just think. That's yeah. it. Yep, I I agree. Well said. Uh, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing, serving Broward in the Southern Palm Beach counties of Florida. Uh, whether it's uh, commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. All right, so let's discuss those who are no longer Steelers. Um, first of all, congratulations to Bud Dupree. He is yeah. off to Tennessee. Um, he's getting a very nice chunk of money. And, you know, guys, I'm sure there was a moment uh, when he laid on the Hinesfield grass, he knew the knee was badly hurt. He pounded his fist into the ground, and he had to be thinking, why now? Why now when I'm looking at a big payday, and I'm glad he's still getting it. He worked hard. He made himself a better football player. I'm sad he's not in Pittsburgh, um, but the fact of the matter is uh, it's economics, and he's off to Tennessee. Um, you know, and good luck there, except when you play the Steelers, that that's the best I can say, uh, to that. Um, Ian, how surprised were you about Tyson Alalu going, well, number one, leaving, but going back to Jacksonville? I was a little bit surprised until I read that his family still lived there because that's where he was drafted and played most of his career until he came to Pittsburgh. So when I saw that his family still lived there, um, I wasn't as surprised my surprise Mm -hmm. wore off a little bit i was like oh that makes sense he wanted to go back and be close to home at the end of his career so um you know he's got a wife and kids a couple kids Mm -hmm. i think so Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, i was i was surprised at first i thought he actually might retire um but good for him you know being able to make a little bit more money at the end of his career um and i won't hold it against him to want to go back and be closer to his family yeah yeah he's he's 34 and it, it stings a little bit because we don't have anyone else, and I think he could have played one more year mm-hmm. at 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 least a decent level in Pittsburgh. But you know, let's be frank. This is kind of the point where injuries start catching up with guys, and it takes longer to recover from workouts and everything else. And as a result, production slips. So I, I'm not necessarily saying that's what's going to happen to him. I'm just saying that's more likely when you reach that age. Mm-hmm. 
And, yeah. you know, I, I don't think they made a huge effort to keep him, which bothers me a little bit, but... <sighs> Well, do, do you think do you think Ben that that maybe they saw something that many of us didn't that just you know like you said he's thirty four years old maybe maybe we don't want to resign him I mean was that a possibility because you're right I don't think there was much effort to keep him around I think they looked at what they had in terms of available cap space mm-hmm. and decided that it was better spent elsewhere they were in touch with Mike Hilton's people at that same time and trying yeah. to talk him into coming back. Let's talk about that deal next. But, um, yes. <laughs> you know, they were trying to preserve cap space to sign the guys they really wanted to keep first. And Tyson wasn't a priority. And so he got mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And and you mentioned Hilton and Ian, you, you kind of already laid out a little bit about his contract as he goes over to the Bengals. Um, it sucks. It's a shitty well, deal. Yeah, I mean, we we knew first of all, just to preface it, we kind of knew that that the Steelers were looking at one or the other. Was it going to be Cam Sutton or Mike Hilton? Um, in the NFL today, you've got to have guys that are versatile and can cover, and and that meant they were probably going to go with Sutton, and they did. They wanted both. It, it it sure looked that way. And, and Ian, what what on earth was Mike Hilton doing going to the Bengals? Uh, because this contract is well, it it's kind of weird. Sucks. It is. It it's it does. Yeah. Suck. Yes. It's yeah. it's not good. Um. But I I understand from the Bengals standpoint. The Bengals like mm-hmm. physical aggressive corners, and Mike mm-hmm. Hilton is certainly that. Um. They also like corners that can play. You know, press man, and and Hilton is at his best in short small areas. Hilton is at his worst when he has to cover guys running down the field. Um. So, you know, we'll we'll see how well we talked about this a few weeks ago of would Hilton work out on, you know, a different team just because his style was very well suited to the style that the Steelers carved out for him in a role. Um, you know, from that that blitz and corner and run mm-hmm. support type. Um so I think he'll fit well in Cincinnati actually with, you know, sort of their philosophy that they like to have of, of physical corners. You know, we've seen guys like William Jackson have success there. And, um, you know, even before him, your, your Jonathan Joseph's, your other physical corners play very well there. Um, your Pac-Man Joneses, you know, that was a, a physical corner, but didn't have anything between his ears either. So um, Hilton <laughs> definitely has something between his ears. Yes, he does. Um, and, you know, wish him the best of luck. But yeah, the, the, the deal itself is terrible. I mean, on the surface, when you say, you know, four years at 24 million, you're like, oh, six million a year. That's a good contract. But like, there's hardly any guaranteed money. Uh, the thing you have to remember about Cincinnati, too, is they're cheapskates. They don't like to actually spend any money. So they <laughs> it's also true. <laughs> the minimum amount possible up front and basically they're, put themselves in a situation where they won't have to pay guys and they notoriously cut guys very early into contracts. Right. There are stories about players going to Cincinnati going into the locker room and wanting to get a Gatorade after practice and somebody pointing the Gatorade machine over there in the corner and it's a dollar. <laughs> it's true story. It's a dollar <laughs> for a Gatorade. You got to buy yeah. it your yeah. own. The team does not supply it. Yeah. No, I know. And, and That's and how almost... cheap Mike Brown is. Yeah, no, that's, you're exactly right. And, uh, so, okay, so so Hilton goes there. Um, the another one is Matt Filer. Um, Matt Filer goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Uh, looks looks like a three year deal, twenty one million. Uh, I saw a couple of the parameters, but um, I, I'm surprised, guys. That's all I can say. Ben, I I did not see him getting that kind of money. Hey, I thought he thank your lucky stars. Yeah. I thought he had a real down year moving into guard, and and I I'm stunned, um, you know. But I, yeah, so it, I, he did, he did, and and apparently they're going to play him at right tackle. That's their plan. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's a little bit different from that standpoint. Um, he did get 13 million fully guaranteed, also, which is you know basically two years worth of money fully guaranteed so he's he's going to be around for two years almost certainly unlike mike hilton got eight and a half he's going to get eight and a half million this year but the bengals can cut him next year next year and yeah. save two million on the cap if they do it yeah. free june one and, and then they're done they, they don't have any more dead money after that so it's like that is that wasn't a great deal which makes me wonder how hard the steelers tried to to keep him i mean they they must have just they must just be really cash strapped i i don't know what else could explain that but as far as um filer goes let's just be thankful that he got the deal he got um i think it's going to net us um a sixth round comp pick other people listed at five Mm -hmm. but uh uh, rashad perryman was the the top sixth round comp pick awarded this year to Tampa Bay and he got a six and a half million dollar contract last year. And I think despite the fact that, you know, the cap has gone down, those markers are going to keep going up, not as fast as they did before, but they're going to keep going up. So I, my feeling, and it's just an instinct because things could change. You know, it kind of depends on what happens in in free agency, but um, my feeling is that Filer is going to be the top of that sixth round tier you know he's going to be the guy unless the Steelers sign a con sign a player that cancels out that that contract being lost we'll probably get a sixth round pick in my opinion I and and that's that's great and and just real quick on that front too that you that you mentioned the comp pick what does the fact that Juju isn't getting any attention signing anywhere I mean we we were all pretty confident that we're looking at a third round comp there What what happens to that now well, it uh, depends on where he signs. I mean, right, they, right. We, we can we yeah. can sit around and we can speculate all day long, but it doesn't make any difference until he actually signs a contract. Um, and if he signs a a short term deal, that comp pick's going to suck. Yeah. Um, almost certainly getting a three for Bud Dupree, right? But Juju, who knows, man? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh Ian, let's swing it over and talk about Zach Banner. Um I I don't think it's a stretch to suggest that he's a really well-liked young man. Um he is very outspoken about racism and ugliness in the community. Um he is just a a fun-loving young man. Fan interaction um, is outstanding. I'm sorry. His fan interaction He's, it is. It's he's great. great. It's great. It. He he's 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 very um sarcastic when he needs to be uh and and he you know he gets the deal uh what 2 years 9 million I think and and you know but that aside 
all three of us have major concerns about what this means for the tackle position for the Steelers in 2021. Um, does this mean he just replaces Chooks and goes back to right tackle? Chooks kicks over to left. We have concerns there. If you move Banner over to left and keep Chooks at right tackle, we still have concerns there. So, Ian, what do you see happening here? And I realize it's just March 18th, but what do you see kind of right now through the trees here? Yeah, um, I, I will also add that Zach Banner has put in a ton of work and a ton of effort on improving just his physical body. I mean, he came out um, of of college and was dramatically overweight and has really gotten himself in, in great NFL shape and been able to, to carve out a decent length career for himself i mean when you consider the average nfl career is only a handful of years i mean he's he's been around the league for a few years now and um Mm -hmm. you know with the this will this will be his third year with the steelers um this coming year so um you know good good for him being able to do that um that said i you know i said a few weeks ago on the show that my worst case scenario for the offensive line was that we'd re-sign banner and you know be like oh well you know Hassenhauer can play center and we'll plug Banner in at one tackle Chooks at the other one and Dotson and DeCastro and we're good to go like this team needs at least two draft picks on the offensive line one at center and one at tackle um at some point you know kind of however that falls whether that's second round third round first round whatever it is we we need we need two young linemen in this draft preferably in the first half of it um and and that said you know the Steelers have done this kind of stuff before where they've signed a guy in free agency at a position Mm -hmm. and then used a first round pick on that position I mean we signed Morgan Burnett at safety and then drafted Terrell Edmonds um who, who is basically a similar type player to what Morgan Burnett was um we uh we we signed you know we drafted Devin Bush in um you know the the same year that we signed Mark Barron at inside linebacker um so I think you know it's just because we sign a guy in free agency does not mean that's the be all end all of that position it's very true the, the other thing I'll say is that you know all these guys were signing to two year deals they are essentially a one-year deal with a team option for the second year is what it is. Um, You know, if, if you look at, if you look at banners deal um, you know, he, he got a small signing bonus and is on what is essentially a minimum salary Mm -hmm. for the first year. And then the second year, his salary number kicks up quite a bit um, to what? Five million, five and a half million the second year. Yes. Uh, you know, from the Steelers standpoint, if Banner works out and he can become a starting tackle, then you're getting a starting tackle in year two for like five and a half million dollars, which is a huge steal mm-hmm. in today's NFL when, you know, the top guys are, are getting, you know, well into seven figure or eight figures, actually, um, yeah. you know, over 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 10, 12, 14, 15 million, some of the guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a huge steal to get a guy at that price if he works out. And if he doesn't work out, then you save five million against the cap by cutting him. Um, but if he where doesn't does he work play, out, though, oh, where does he play? I mean, I, I think you got to put him at right tackle. I think, I, 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 think, I agree, and I'm scared if they put him at left tackle. I'm, 
I, no. I, yeah. There there look, I love Zach. And and I, I really hope that he proves me wrong and Absolutely. That he comes out and looks tremendous. But putting Zach at left tackle would not be an improvement over the poor play we saw from Al Villanueva last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just would not. And I, there are certain athletic limitations that I don't think can be overcome. And it would scare me from the standpoint. I mean, it would be another Jonathan Scott deal where your quarterback oh, was, was getting hit over and over oh, and over and over. And mm-hmm. they sign a street free agent off the street and make him the starter the next week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I don't – I think Zach is fine on the right. Um, I, I'm not crazy he's about him. Good or, run blocker. Yeah, I like him yeah, doing that. Yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. He's a very good in pass pro, and yeah. he's not the athlete you want at left tackle. No. The other thing is, though, Okorafor is going into the last year of his rookie deal. So if you draft someone this year, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing that says Okorafor is even going to be on the team next year. So, you know, you in theory, let's say let's say we draft someone, draft a tackle in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe your week one, uh, you know, starting line has a core for it, left tackle and banner at right tackle, and then whoever your your draft pick is, you know, by a few weeks into the season may surpass a core for um, at the at the left tackle spot, and then all of a sudden you've got you know your left tackle is a rookie. There's going to be some growing pains, but also he's now under contract for four years plus a fifth-year option, um, and a quarter four is in the last year of his deal and just kind of fades out. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, too. You get you got to look at the numbers. you got to look at the contract stuff. That all plays a part of it uh, as well. But I, I'm i with you guys. I think the offensive line is as fluid as any position right now. I don't I don't think they're even remotely close to being done um, with, with settling that. And, of course, they never are even into August once they start camp. But um, – yeah, I, I got concerns there as well. Um, I wanted to to also mention uh, Chris Wormley was uh, re-signed as well, two-year deal. Uh, he's the guy that came over from Baltimore in a trade last year. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call this compounding our mistakes. He was terrible, and yeah. the Steelers, rather than just letting him go, felt the need uh, to sign him to a contract now because they traded a pick for him. And this is, you know, I don't, whether you I don't want to think about it. As, I, I, uh, I really don't. I, I think that they basically, they need bodies along the defensive line. They just do. They do, but he sucks. Well, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with you. He's not good, but well, I mean, it, look at, Look yeah. at their depth. Who are you going to use? Henry Mondo? He sucks. He's terrible. Well, you know, it, basically, well, you've got Cam, no. you've got Tuit, and you, that's it. That's Let's be it. honest. There's no way Wormley's a nose tackle. I can't no. stand Absolutely hearing that. Absolutely not. There's no way. But he's no not way. even, if you look at the depth chart, he, he's not a depth, he's not a, a nose tackle anyway. So, it, no. I mean, I know no, he's listed that way in the roster, right. but he's not on the depth chart. No. You know, and, you is, got, and I, I think Carlos Davis is probably your backup nose tackle next year, but I, I can't say that with certainty because, you know, we haven't seen him play enough. Right. Yeah. right. But I mean, but, they, they signed Wormley to two years, four and a half million, which really yeah. isn't a ton of money. But if you're going to spend too that, much. that kind of money, yeah. like go out and sign someone else in free agency that, you know, 
who's better than Wormley. I mean, for that much money, you can get someone better than Chris Wormley. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I I, I don't know. We'll we'll just leave that right there. Um, Vince Williams was uh, released uh, by the Steelers this week, and and it was something we talked about. It was definitely a possibility, and uh, um, I I know he is definitely a favorite of all of us. Um, his story is a great one. Uh, a sixth round comp, basically a seventh round pick, busted his tail on special teams, got himself some starts, and and made a made himself uh, a very nice nine year career with the Steelers and. Uh, Ian, do you, do you think maybe is there a possibility he comes back a little cheaper? He, I was thinking about this, and, and he could, but if they wanted to bring him back cheaper, mm-hmm. why didn't they just sign him to an extension, right? Like, nah. you know, because nah. you're going to have the dead cap hit anyways, right? So yeah. then you, you take the $4 million he was owed in salary this year, you turn that into a, a signing bonus, pay him the minimum and, you know, stretch it out for two or three years on top of that. Um, so, but I can, I can answer that question. Yeah. They didn't think he was worth $4 million this year. That's if, fair. If, yeah, if they you know. did, they would have paid him the $4 million. Yeah. Um, you and, know, and, I, 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 I would like to see Vince uh, land someplace. I would have liked to see him stay with the Steelers. <laughs> that would have really made me happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they just decided that they they didn't think he was worth the four million dollars, and so you know, prove me wrong. I thought they were going to keep him, and they they let him go. And um, I, what I wish they would have considered was asking him if he, if he would take a pay cut. Is it possible just, they they is it possible that they did? It's possible, no. but I think it would have gotten out. Probably. If they had done that, I think it would have gotten out. And um, you know, yeah, Ian's right from the standpoint that they're still gonna have uh like three million dollars in dead money this year, no matter mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh and they potentially maybe they'll bring him back on a cheap contract or cheaper contract. Um but I don't know if he's, you know, you got to wonder about a guy's pride. Will he come back on a cheap contract? Yeah, I, I, I would think the Steelers would say to him what they say to many guys, which is go out and see what you find and let us know. Um, I think we are all of the mind that we're ready to give Robert Spillane the opportunity. We saw enough out of him. He's a good tackler. Oh, yeah. He's a smart player. Uh, does he have limitations? Yep, sure does. Um, but I, I think they were just plus he's cheaper. He's just cheaper than he's Vince cheaper is and right he's now. younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I and, and so I think that's that's the move there for sure. But I will say um, Spillane yeah. vastly exceeded my expectations for him. Granted, my expectations oh, for time. him were like Tyler Matikavich level, and he was. A lot closer. He wasn't Vince Williams, but he well, was closer to Vince Williams than he was to Tyler Matikavich. So, um, you know, I, my expectations for him were very low, and he vastly exceeded them. Uh, possible at all, uh, Ian, that uh, the Steelers entertain LJ Fort coming back? He was uh, let go by the Ravens. 
I don't know. I mean, he he definitely played better in Baltimore than he did here. I attributed yeah. some of that to Baltimore's scheme and style, but also mm-hmm. to just Fort, you know, continuing to grow as a player as he gets sure. more experience. Players aren't, you know, this isn't a video game, folks. You know, players aren't the same guys <laughs> from, you know, every time you turn the system on that they they no. learn, they grow, they get better. Um, and so there was some of that too. And props to him um, for yeah. carving out a role and, and improving his game. Um, Fort's a guy I always felt like was around the ball but not at the ball so you know if you want to think of of him in coverage that the you know the pass would be completed and he would get there and make the tackle but he was never there in time to break up the pass or knock it out of a guy's hands or even get anywhere close to an interception um where we saw spillane get his hands on a couple passes so um Fort might be slightly more athletic than Spillane, but I think Spillane is a, a more instinctive and smarter player and, and reads the game better. So, um, you know, honestly, if we signed Fort, I don't know who I would I would start because um, Fort was starting in Baltimore. So, I mean, yeah. I, if you sign him, you almost have to start him. And I, I don't know. No, you don't. I mean, you don't have to, but um, I mean, if we're going to go after someone to start, I'd rather see us go after like Quan Alexander, but that would cost a bit Agreed. more money than we probably have. Yeah. We don't have oh, yeah. the cash to sign the guy. No, I, I agree. Yeah. They're probably yeah. going to draft somebody. I mean, let's just be real here. You well, know, they well, cut Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, what they have now is Spillane and then Allen and UG3. Allen is way undersized, should not be playing linebacker. Right. I know fans love him, whatever. The guy a, should not be tweener. playing linebacker. Yeah, he's a tweener. Yeah. You just can't he's do too, it. Too slow to be a safety and too small yep. to be a linebacker. Mm-hmm. We have Antoine Brooks, too. Don't forget that. We do he have Antoine Brooks, but we have no idea what he can do. Nothing. We <laughs> right. have no clue. And yeah. then we also have uh, UG3. Who's made of glass. Who, who apparently seems to be. Yeah, Mr. Gilbert just cannot stay healthy, yeah, can he? Healthy. I don't get it. And I wonder what's going to happen with him. Um so, you know, the outlook isn't great there. Honestly, right. there we need depth in the middle of the defense, defensive line and inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we need depth at outside linebacker. Uh yeah, we we there's a lot of holes to fill yet. And it, and it's safety. I mean, we have the two starting safeties, but behind them who do we have? Yeah, but you can bring Sean Davis back and and plug him in and he can play free or strong in a pinch. He's not ideal. No. He's he's not going to push your starters. Let's put it that way. But if you need a spot start out of the guy, you know, yeah. you, you're yeah. okay. You, you're he not going to. He's a good special teams player last year. Yeah, too. he was a good special mm-hmm. teams player, and he was good in the three safety sets. So I'm okay with that if they decide to go that direction mm-hmm. as a band aid for this year. Uh, but up front, we need some bodies. Well, speaking of needing bodies, you know, the, the we're a little more than a month out from the draft, uh, which will be that that final weekend in April, first uh, of May. There, um, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin uh, in the last seven days, they've been down to Clemson. They were at the University of Georgia yesterday. Um, and Ian has talked about this in the past that um, typically the first round selection by the Steelers. Um, with really only one exception going back to Ben Roethlisberger, they've always been at that player's pro day. Um, so, what, I, I mean, 
Ian, do you do you have a inclination of where they might be looking right now um, at twenty four? I mean, are you dead sold that it's going to be an offensive lineman? No, not at all. Um, it would not surprise me at all if they took a running back. I don't think, I, and it, you know, we've talked about this mm-hmm. in the past. I wrote the article that taking a first round running back is not the most efficient thing to do. But um, you know, I, I feel like the the Ryan Shazier pick really surprised me. Um, and since then, I feel like I have not at all had my finger on the pulse of what this team wants to do at the draft. I mean, they took Terrell Edmonds in the first round. You know, they went to the Virginia Tech Pro Day, and we all thought, oh, they're there. Look at Tremaine Edmonds, who hope probably be off the board. But, you know, they need an inside linebacker to replace Shazier, all that. And then they took Terrell Edmonds. We're like, where did that pick come from? That dude was projected in, like, the third round. Um, but, you know, um, so yeah, I've, I've been already Burns picks shocked me. Um, so there, there've been a lot of surprising picks. So I'm, I'm trying to take this whole draft with a grain of salt and just say, I would not be surprised at all if they took a running back, even if it's not the best idea to do that. God, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, uh, they should take an offensive lineman, whether they will. They should take a tackle, but I can't say with any kind of certainty that a left tackle mm-hmm. capable guy will be there at 24 who's deserving of the pick. Right. Right. And, and I, I talked a little bit about this this morning uh, in, in the morning quick hitter stuff about that, that draft dead zone. And and we've talked about this a lot. They pick at 24 and then they don't pick again at 55. And if we had a dime for how many times we've probably said, geez, I like this guy, but, He's it's too early to take him at 24, but he won't be there at 55. There's going to be a lot of guys in that in that range, including that that running backs um, and maybe tight ends. You know, Fryermuth out of Penn State. You know, Ben, you mentioned yesterday um, too high in the first, but probably gone by 55. And and that's the frustrating part for me is it it just makes it really really hard to. To, to zero in on exactly what they're going to do there. But um, I would definitely, if I'm you, I, I pay close attention to where Tomlin and Colbert have been going. Um, uh, they're going to go not, everywhere not they always, possibly can go. They're going to go to as many as they can. And, yep. you know, they can't go to all of them. And, nope. and nope. both of them had been, you know, they bemoaned the fact that they can't go to all of them. Right. Um, they can't send people to all of them because of the COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, Kevin Dotson talked about the fact that he only talked to the Steelers once, one time in the whole whole draft process. Yeah, and he that's was, true. He was super disappointed because he was he was a Steelers fan. And right. he was like, that's right. this sucks. They only talked to me one time, and a bunch of other teams seemed way more interested, and the Steelers just talked to me once, and then they called me and drafted me. I I, I mean, yeah, if I've learned anything in, in, you know, covering the Steelers and just being a fan all these years, it's it's that they typically see things differently than and I know this isn't really, but they see things differently than most fans. Um, No. Yeah, Uh I know. Believe it or not. The fans know best. we, We think they do. Well, but, the fans no, they pissed that we took Shazier over uh, Darquise Denard that year, and look how that <laughs> turned out. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Speaking of cornerbacks, real quick, uh, you know, William Jackson is no longer in the AFC North. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, yeah he, that's, he, that's another example of the Bengals' stupidity. That wasn't yeah. a big deal. That was not a huge deal. No. It was like uh, $12 million a year. Yep. They let him leave. I, I do not understand yeah. them. Not at all. The, uh, Hi, Maggie. Yes, yep. Maggie. We're upset about it, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he he's a a bit of a thorn to the Steelers he's a real long player and and uh a good one one that I think most of us were assuming we probably would have taken that year one had the Steelers uh, wanted to draft and instead yeah. had to draft Artie Burns because Artie he was already Burns gone he's no longer on the team and then uh, the next corner taken was Xavier Howard yeah. oh, brutal God led the league in picks. Yeah so I I you know the the draft is what it is it's uh uh we we love talking about it and we love prepping for it and everything else. But at the end of the day, what, what 90 million Steelers fans are thinking is not what uh, a group of 12 guys in a draft room are thinking. And that's really all that matters quite frankly. But um, Ben, do you, do you see any free agents right now that the Steelers could possibly entertain? I think that they will make a handful of signings because they mm-hmm. like to go into the draft with flexibility right okay like right now you know all of us are going well you got to take an offensive lineman because you have two holes along your offensive line you have Mm -hmm. to do it you don't have a choice you got to do it right it wouldn't shock me if they signed a center no for example it would not shock me in the least if they signed a center or even a tackle it would not shock me one or the other Mm -hmm. to get in here um Maybe a running back. Uh, that wouldn't have shocked me either because, uh, being very frank, you know, the the running back room right now isn't exactly stellar. Um, they, need, no, uh, they need linebacker depth badly. They need an outside linebacker to be the third linebacker. They don't have mm-hmm. one. Um, rumor has it they're going to try and re-sign Ola, but they didn't feel like they had enough cap space to tender him so they didn't okay which sucks um but the you know yeah the the um restricted free agent tender was over two million dollars and they don't have a lot of cap space to play with they can create some more via caps via restructures and extensions but they haven't done it yet you know that since we're talking about this let's just make one point real quick Sure. Because I don't think the fans understand it. There was a thing on Twitter today. The Steelers could have created $26 million in space already. <laughs> Why haven't they done it? Why haven't they done it? Why haven't they're just they just don't want to? No, uh... guys. That isn't the way it works. Okay. The Steelers still have to negotiate a deal with each one of those players. You can't just go to a player and say, hey, this is how you're going to accept your pay. This is the way it's going to be. You have to negotiate the deal. Players with large cap hits in the latter years of their contracts are prime targets to be cap casualties. Players don't like that. They don't like being put in that position. If you're a guy who has a smaller cap hit and you're still productive in year 10, you're less likely to be cut by a team than a guy Mm -hmm. who has a $16 million cap hit and you know maybe his salary is only seven million, but Joe Hayden, 
Yeah. People were looking at him going, he could be a cap casualty. I think the Steelers might cut him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and players don't want to be in that position. They don't want to, to have their team consider that. So you, have, mm-hmm. you still have to negotiate the deal. It, you can't just tell a player this is what he's going to take. We need to create cap space, so you're going to take this deal. It doesn't work like that. And I, I just want to emphasize that because mm-hmm. fans seem to think that it's 100% on the Steelers just to decide what that's going to be, and it doesn't work like that. No. It doesn't. No. It's it's not a video game. It's it's not, it's not fucking Madden. No, it's it's wait, not wait, wait. A, you mean these guys are actual yeah. human beings and you actually have to well, talk to them and get them to agree to do something? They have yeah. agents. Yeah. Agents and 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 yes, they they oh god. I, I know agents it's, it, will explain business reality to them very quickly. Yes, very, very quickly. And uh yeah. Um what was the other thing I wanted to mention? To you know, I, I don't think we mentioned the fact that Kevin Colbert is coming back. He will be with the Steelers through the twenty twenty two NFL draft, and at least, right, at least. And I, I think some fans I saw a few saying basically, "Look, oh great, you know, we'll get rid of him uh, right before the draft. We can, you know, pick a new quarterback uh, when he's gone." And it's like, no, that's not how it's going to work. He he'll he'll be there through the draft. He is going to pick Ben's successor if that's how they go about it. I mean, for all we know, they might think about doing it this year. I don't think they will, but who knows? Um, You want a guy with experience who's been there before, uh, who knows other GMs and can wheel and deal if necessary, especially considering that they should have a a handful of comp picks. I'm glad he's sticking it out. We talked about the fact that he was doing these one-year deals, and and that allows him to just say, okay, that's it, I'm done, uh, when he's ready. But I, I think it's good that you have an experienced general manager there knowing what the team is facing, not just with uncertainty at quarterback, but also um, with with the cap going back up, but to what extent we really don't know yet. Um, so I, I think that's uh, that was a good development this week for sure. Um and uh gentlemen any parting shots tonight before we wrap up clearly maggie has one yeah apparently um so yeah i'll go first yeah if you if you happen to be out and about in the pittsburgh area and see a steelers player they're Uh not entitled to give you a picture and don't take a picture of them at the gym working out and then post it on twitter and be like, this guy wouldn't give me a picture because he was working out at the gym. <laughs> like, players are not entitled to give you anything. And leave them the fuck alone when they're out in public. Are, are you saying that part of their contract is not to uh, uh, do everything that I want them to as a fan? I, I'm stunned. Um, you know, it's one thing in your writing, and it's one thing when a – a 12 year old kid walks up to a player that's having dinner or something. It's a whole other one when it's a grown adult. Um, and, and then to, as you mentioned, to tweet at them and, and tag them and, Oh, he wouldn't give me, he was in a bad mood. He must be upset about his contract situation. He kept looking at his phone every couple minutes and everything. It's like, is, who's the one that's got the problem? You or him? I think it's you. Uh, but, I digress on more that. than that. And don't yeah. do it from a burner account. Tweet it from your own account. Yeah. That too. Pussy. Uh, take, taking a picture of someone in the gym 
is pretty <laughs> low class anyway. Anyway, yeah. the picture of a guy who ref- who turned you down for a picture and then snitch tagging him in a tweet so that he'll get harassed for it yeah. is fucking bullshit. Yeah, defending it's, it's... that move is bigger fucking bullshit. If someone I knew in real life did that, I would snatch him by the throat. I don't know why it seems to be okay on Twitter. It's not. No, it's okay? not. Because you're behind the safety of a keyboard does not make it okay. Yeah, it, I, I agree. I agree. And and Ben, I, I don't know if that was your rant or did you have another parting shot tonight? That was it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I, I Ian just started a, a little fire here. I it wasn't it wasn't my fault. Okay. It was his. Yeah, well, no, and that's uh, that's okay because I, I I I knew it was coming and. Uh, yeah, Actually, and, and, I didn't. I'd forgotten. What's that? I had forgotten about it. Yeah, I, honest. I, I my my rant is just a general one or my parting shot, and and it's it's just that it always. I don't know why it does, but it always surprises me how upset Steelers fans get every year at this time. Um, when when you have a quarterback that is on a second, third, fourth contract it's going to be more difficult to wheel and deal when free agency comes around. It's it, just how it works uh, in the NFL right now. And, and, but yet I still see people, Oh, why aren't we signing anybody? You know, why do we never have money to do that? It, it's like, if you don't understand it, then don't talk about it. You know, I, I, I would not get on Twitter and start talking about um, the, the uh, physics involved with launching a rocket into space because I wouldn't even know where to begin. Mark, uh, why wouldn't you? Everyone on it, Twitter is an expert on everything. Well, this is also true. Uh, you know, I, I do dabble in the dark sciences, but I, you know, I don't want to go any further than that. Uh, yeah, just, just relax. These guys know what they're doing. They'll, they'll have a team. It'll be a competitive team. I didn't say they were winning a Super Bowl. I just said they'd be a competitive team. Let's just see where it goes from there. Um, but, yeah, just stop acting surprised all the time. Uh, anyway, so we threw a lot of information at you tonight, and um, I'm sure it'll continue. And, and you know, whether or not we get an announcement on uh, where and when Juju's headed, we'll, we'll be sure and let you know, and we'll talk about it next week. But, uh, for Ben and Ian, that's it for tonight. Uh, thanks for listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>